something happens when you lift the Lord up, right? I love what Ryan said, you know, if you feel like God has something more for you, press into the Lord. Don't press into the thing you, you feel the Lord has for you, but press into the Lord himself. And the Lord will, that really is the truth. I mean, that's the right, this, this deal works, man. It's pressing into the Lord because the Lord's good. Amen? Hey, I'm going to read the scripture to you. It says, uh, Isaiah 42, verse 8. And um, did I give you all those scriptures? I did. Okay. I don't remember things sometimes. How many else suffers with forgetting that you did stuff? Lord, It says, I'm the Lord. That is my name. Well, there you go. That's the Lord's name. Lord. Isn't that cool? It just says it right there. And my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Isn't that awesome? It's an awesome scripture. And um, so let me just tell you, I said this last week. When the Bible talks about the glory of God, um, it has different aspects or different forms to it. And so it has something to do with God's splendor, His majesty, how awesome God is, His goodness, His mercy, His long-suffering and grace are all aspects of, of His glory. It also relates to His uh, presence, uh, uh, like a condensed presence, a heavy presence, and that's why we, there's a, uh, a sense of weightiness sometimes when the glory of God comes. And there's also light associated with the glory of God. If you read the Gospel of John, it's like all talks about God as light, uh, the light of the world. All that has something to do with the glory of the Lord. The glory of God in the Bible also refers to the honor. That's only in, intended to God. The honor that's only intended to God. In other words, there's a, there's a glory that God has. And he says it here. I'm not going to share this with, with anyone. And so there's this aspect of God's glory that only, only God has. And that only God can have. And, you know, the Psalm 24 says that God is the king of glory. Isn't that a beautiful thing a beautiful description of the lord he's the king of glory this uh the lord's prayer starts out with hallowed be your name hallowed means holy sacred honored to be worshiped so there's that that glory that belongs only to god because god is god and nobody else is god amen this is really important um um let me first say this there are aspects of God's glory that he shares with us. It's important to understand that. Um, 2 Corinthians 3.13 says, Moses' face was so sh- that shined so much uh, with the glory of God that people couldn't even look at it. It was so powerful. So God allowed his glory to rest on a man named Moses. Isaiah 60 verse 1 uh, declares this uh, for the nation of Israel and for the, for the body of Christ. Uh, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. In other words, there's going to be an end time where the glory of God will rise upon the people of God and rest on them literally. So, so important to, to know that. It, there's other scripture that says the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the, o- the oceans cover the, cover the earth. Uh, this is a, an amazing one, John 17, 22. Jesus says, the glory you have given me, I have given to them. The glory you have, I have given to them. And that's really, I believe, this glory is speaking of being sons and daughters of God. And that we carry His glory because we are part of His family. And that He's allowed, just like you, you know, your children carry your glory. They carry your name. They carry who you are. They're, they're part of you. They're, you're a reflection of them. And so that's the aspect of God's glory. I love how Peter says it in Second Peter one four that we're partakers of the divine nature. We're partakers. We partake of who He is and all that He is and what He is. We have this gift that has been given to us from God to share in His glory and to experience His glory in tangible and manifest ways. And that's why there's times when God's glory comes on the on the people of God and rests on the people of God because we're His family. But the glory of God that only belongs to God is also vital for us to understand and for us to walk in. I, 
we were really blessed as young believers because a man named Arthur Burke, we've mentioned him many times, he's with the Lord now after he lived about 102 years and he was preached here one time when he was 100 years old. It was awesome. You listen to a 100-year-old guy, right? But his, as a young believer, he really had a real focus on this don't touch the glory of God. It was really a big part of his message that he carried. And although I didn't really, wasn't really getting it then, it was only when I become, began to get a revelation of, who, of my identity in Christ, of who I am as a son, that I began to realize this importance of how important it is to, to honor the glory of God and to honor that part of, of His glory that no one else can have and no one else can touch. It'll make a big difference in your life. Actually, if you study this, you'll discover that the glory of God, uh, that aspect of God's glory, is really a stumbling block for people. It's a stum- and really, it's a stumbling block for every human being, whether we are, are aware of it or not. Or not. Uh, this is some interesting, I hear a few well-known people, or at least a couple of them. Uh, C.S. Lewis, before he became, many of you know who he is, he was a great, a great Christian uh, philosopher and, and writer. Before he became a Christian, he complained that God's demand to be praised sounded like a vain woman who wants compliments. That's what he said. A vain woman who that's what God wants to be praised. There's a book called An American Gospel, very interesting book, written by a, name, a man named Eric Reese, whose father was a Baptist pastor. And he rejected the Lord. He rejected the Jesus of the Gospels because he felt like only an egomaniac would demand that we love him more than we love our parents and children. You hear that? Uh, Brad Pitt, everybody knows an amazing actor, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt grew up a Southern Baptist sincere believer all through high school, followed the Lord. But at some point, he came to this, and this is, this is Brad's word quoted. I didn't understand this ideal of, of a God who says, you have to acknowledge me. You have to say that I'm the best. And then I'll give you eternal happiness. If you won't, then you won't get it. It seemed to be about ego. I can't see God operating from ego, so it made no sense to me. And he walked away from the Lord. It made no sense to him. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, what an amazing woman, Oprah. A very gifted uh, woman, very uh, ability to communicate. Grew up a believer, loved the Lord, and was in church one Sunday listening to, the, to a preacher preach about the attributes of God and the glory of God. And, and this is what Oprah said. Uh, she said, uh, then, and speaking of the preacher, he said, then he said, The Lord thy God is a jealous God. I was caught up in the rapture of that moment until he said jealous. And something struck me. I was 27 or 28 years old at the time, and I was thinking, God is all. God is omnipresent. God is also jealous. A jealous God is a jealous of me. Is, a jealous God is jealous of me. And something about that didn't feel right in my, in my spirit because I believe that God is love and that God is in all things. And she, at, at that point, Oprah went into other religions because she didn't really understand this thing about God's jealousy. That, that, you, are you following what I'm saying? So you see, deep down in, in the heart of men, these are people who just expressed it. Deep down in the heart of all of us, you can find that there's an issue. There's an issue with people about God's glory. And there's an issue with you if you've never really faced it. There's an issue if, if any of us have ever tried and strived to do something, to accomplish something that only God Himself can accomplish in us, then you, you've, you've, you know what I'm talking about. You know that there's this thing called performance, this thing called religion that has come in into people's heart and satisfies that thing in us that wants to be something that we're not truly meant to be by earning it, by getting there. I don't want to talk too much more about that. But that's really what I... And and so when we begin to really understand the glory of God and the glory that God has given to us, our glory that He bountifully shares with us, and the glory that He says, no man shall touch this glory because I alone am God. When we begin to understand those things and begin to walk in those things, we can begin to better uh, experience God and experience all that God has for us. All that God, I promise you this, there's a war going on in heaven right now for the glory of God. There's a war going on all through. You know, and you see the outcome of this thing. Well, let me tell you this, this dream I had a few years ago. In the dream... 
uh, our church, and this just is coincidence that we're doing a fall festival day. We were out, the, our church was gathered outside somewhere for some kind of fellowship event, like a fall festival or a, we used to do church in the park. And, and so there were, there were people there, there was children there, there was food there, there was fun there. We had music, we were playing music, we had a stage. So we were just having a, a grand old time and everything looked normal, like a normal thing like that, a fun time. And all of a sudden, God, in the dream, God opened heaven to me. Suddenly I could see around me sp- spiritually what was happening. And around me spiritually was, uh, you know, well, the best way I can describe it, it was these horizontal lightning strikes were going all around us. And you know how it looks in the morning? Some mornings you wake up and the sun's rising through and there's clouds and there's, there's trees and it's, it's coming through and there's this blaze of glory in the morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you're from the West Coast, it's, on, it's probably at night when it's setting you see that blaze of glory. Well, that's what it looked all around us, all around us. It was amazing, and, but nobody knew that. And the only reason I knew it is God rolled back this veil and let me peer into the spirit realm and see what was really happening. And I was just, I was just in, in awe of what was, was happening. And so um, there was a voice that said this. A question was asked in, this, in, you know, in the festival that we're having. What happens... When we blame God for bad things he didn't do. What happens when we blame God for bad things that he didn't do? And someone asked me, do you know what happens? So the question was asked, then another person asked me, do you know what happens? I said, yeah, I know what happens. They said, share this with us. So I walked up onto the stage to speak, to to tell and obviously in the dream, I had nothing in my mind about that. But when I stepped on the stage, this cloud came down. This glo- it was a glory cloud. And the cloud was so intense and so thick. And the presence of God was so there that I couldn't even open my mouth. I could hardly even move. I, you know, my knees were starting to buckle. And the next thing I know, I was standing in another place. I wasn't on that stage no more. I had went into this place, and this place was amazing. It was beautiful beyond measure. It, I cannot tell you. It was this big hall is what it was, like a big meeting hall. And the walls were looked like ivory, but not ivory you would see on earth. It was like living ivory. It was like they were alive. It was like the walls were breathing, and they, was, and, and they were, they were uh, outlined or you know, framed in gold. And the gold was breathing, and they were all these other colors. There were colors there that were amazing. They were not like colors on earth. It was like these colors had a voice, and they were alive, and they were speaking something. I didn't know what they were saying, but I knew they were alive, and they were, they were, they were awesome. And there was a lot of these horizontal lightning strikes going on in there. When I say lightning, it wasn't like scary, but it was just this fire, like we were talking about, just being fired across the room. And I was just in awe, and I said, what is this place? And this voice said to me, it's the hall of glory, the hall of glory. So I knew in the dream, I knew I'm in heaven. I'm, not, I'm no longer down there on the stage in North Carolina, you know, in the field somewhere. I'm, I'm literally in heaven, in this room in heaven that God has uh, made called the hall of glory. Uh, so when I get to heaven, I'm going to go visit that hall. There'll be a place I will go. It was so intensely beautiful in there. Then the voice said, When you blame God for what He did not do, or you do not credit Him for what He does, you are taking honor from God. You are dishonoring Him. You are taking glory from God. What you do to God will be done to you. What you do to God will be done to you. And then I woke up. And I was in my bed like, whoa, that was awesome. Can I go back? Can I, you, know, you know, like Peter. Uh, uh, you know, I, I want to go back to that place. That place was beautiful. I, I, you know, I shared last, that was Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. I talked about that Mount, Mount of Transfiguration last week. And I had this ongoing image in my mind of when Jesus and Peter, James, and John were walking down the mountain. Except I'm walking down the mountain with them. 
Okay, and my image is this. I'm holding on to the back of Jesus' robe and saying, No, Lord, I don't want to go down from the mountain. I want to stay up here in the glory realm. Please, let's stay. And the Lord's like ignoring me walking down the mountain. And there's these skid marks of my feet as he walks down the mountain. I'm hanging on to him for dear life, trying to make him stay up there. But he won't stay. He never will stay. He'll always come back to earth because... There's human beings on earth, and God loves human beings, and He wants to get His glory on them. He wants to get His hands on them. And so if we're going to walk with God, He'll take us up to the mountain, but then we'll, He'll take us down because there's people that need what we have when we get and go into those places. Anyway, that's just my little picture that I play over and over in my mind that God's trying to teach me not to be so, so ridiculous. <laughs> All righty. Lord help, right? Anyways, when I woke up from the dream, I was in heaven, man. I'm telling you, there's some dreams are what I call visitation dreams. You're not just dreaming it. It's really happening. Okay? And you'll learn if you're a dreamer. And I'm telling you, the Lord's releasing some dreams right now at night because he's doing stuff. This is all the subject, but we were really uh, hitting on this during worship. One of the things the Lord's doing is detoxing people at night. He's detoxing people. I had... A, I had a couple of nights ago. I mean, I was up all night, like, and, oh, you know, because <laughs> I was having these these dreams, and God was doing stuff in the dreams, and, and all the word it kept coming to me: detox, detox, detox. He was getting the poison out of me. He was getting the poison out of my heart. He was getting the past experiences that really hurt me and wounded me and created a wrong belief and wrong thoughts. He was getting that out of me in those dreams. He was offering me the opportunity. And so I believe the Lord's doing that. And so you don't have to have some super spiritual interpretation of your dreams. Just ask the Lord. Because I was trying to figure it out. And he kept saying, no, it's just a detox. Let me detox you. Let me get this bad thinking out of you. Let me get this leaven that's, cre- that's built up into your life. Anyways, back to the other dream that I had a few years ago about the glory. I wanted to f- finish this because this is really important. Um, when I woke up, I knew right away what that dream was. I knew right away. It was, I thought, oh, that's Romans chapter 1. I knew it. I mean, I had no way of knowing that. <laughs> okay, let's just face it. I'm not that smart. I can't even remember if I gave them the verses yesterday when I usually give them or not. I can't remember nothing. But God, the Holy Spirit, remembers everything. God, the Holy Spirit, will, He said, I will bring things back to you. I will remind you of stuff. So we can quit all this crazy stuff and let him do what he does. So he brought that scripture immediately to mind. I thought, oh, that's just simple as a day is long. Well, it wouldn't be simple if he didn't reveal it. So I'm going to read this, some of this to you. This is an amazing scripture. This scripture is profound, and we are living this scripture. We can see this scripture being fulfilled all around us all the time. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness... And unrighteous of men. This is Romans 1, 18 through 23. That's what I'm going to read. And unrighteous of men who suppress the truth and unrighteous. People who suppress the truth. Listen to this. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. I'll get back to that in just a second. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. That's powerful, right? So, anyways, I'm going to explain the dream to you based on this. One, we were at an outside venue, a natural place. And the glory of God was present there. But we didn't know it. The glory of God is always present. Okay? And God, one of the things that God has done is God has created certain natural things... To reveal his glory to us. God has created the natural. He has created creation to teach us how to see the invisible. If you, want to learn how to, if you really want to learn how to see the invisible besides being imparted a gift. Well, let me just say it's really not a gift. Everybody in this room has spiritual eyes. When you were born again, God gave it to you. Just like you were born in the natural of eyeballs. It's just that we don't really understand it. We don't know how to operate from there. We don't because we haven't used them. So if you want to learn how to use what you have is the natural realm 
is a doorway. And God can teach you about the Spirit. He can teach you. And I'll tell you another thing. Is, is, uh, is This is something I think about the glory of God that's important. God manifests His glory in different ways, but He's, he's a Father. Okay? God is a Father first and foremost. And God the Father is always happy when His family's together. He, he rejoices when we're together having a good time. We've got to get rid of religion. I'm going to tell you that now. We've got to get rid of this religious thought. That the only time you experience the, the, the glory of the Lord is when you're in some kind of supercharged spiritual church service or revival meeting. That, that's, just, that's awesome. That's needed. That's part of what God does. But there's another part of God that we need to understand and know. And that's that God is a father and God is into people having fun in his presence. If, in fact, I was recently, uh, Becky read something, and I started studying the, the, um, you know, the festivals that the Hebrew culture loves and that God commanded in the Bible that everybody go up every year and do the, do the festivals. Well, I was sort of shocked when I started reading about them because it wasn't just going to church at those festivals. There was a party going on. There were games. There were things for children. There was food. There was fun. There was fellowship. It wasn't like, oh, let's go. We've got to go to this and, you know, go sit in there and listen to some boring preaching, some boring ceremony. There was a bunch of good stuff happening for everybody. It was a joyous occasion. It was a joyous occasion. And see, that was really the heart of the Lord. That's the heart of the Lord. He wants his family to... to and he's always in the midst of his family gathering. That's why the body of Christ is so important in the earth. And that's why when people who, who don't connect with the body of Christ are making a big mistake. That's just my personal opinion. Um, so seeing the... Uh, are y'all good with that? Yeah. Seeing the invisible enables us to under, seeing the visible enables us to understand the invisible. It teaches us. Okay, it's, that's a, a teaching tool from God. Um, I wanted to read this scripture right quick and tell you this little story around it. Uh, everybody knows this is beautiful. Are y'all good? Uh, it says the heavens, Psalm nineteen. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord, the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork day into day. Utter speech and night into night reveals knowledge. Didn't I tell you something about the nighttime? You sleep and God's revealing knowledge like I'm detoxing. You get that revelation at night. And during the day, God's speaking through, through the natural. Well, I want to tell you this is, a, this is another bad story on me. I have bad stories like, okay, a, a, me holding on to Jesus' road and just doing crazy. Uh, several years ago, we had this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our church. It was just a, a wonderful time. Not everybody engaged it, but I don't care. I did. I got it. I drained every drop out of it, you know, and I will do it again. I will drain it down till there's no drops left because I'll tell you this. I learned this one thing in life. When God moves, you take advantage of it because he don't always move like that. And so you are very foolish if you don't take advantage because God's always doing something in those times. Well, anyways, we had this awesome time, and but over over the years, it went on a few years. You could start to feel it ebb down. You know what I'm talking about. You, you could just sort of feel it. You know, I didn't like that feeling. In fact, I resisted that feeling. I tried to convince myself that wasn't true, but the truth was, it was going down. In other words, it became more about what we were doing than what God was doing. When you know that bit, when that thing starts tipping that way, you're on this side. Now you're on God's on this side and you're on this side and it's like this at first. God's up here, you're down here. God's just doing everything. But over a period of time, slowly but surely, you're easing up, and it's about half and half. God's happy, you know. All of a sudden, now all of a sudden, less and less of God, more and more of you. And here's the tragedy of it: you're doing what God did do outwardly, but it somehow it just don't. It's not the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just not the same. It's miserable. It's dead. It's like, please stop. Well, we're hanging on to Jesus like, no, we're staying up here and you're staying too. You're not going down there. That was sort of my attitude. But I can remember one night in particular when the reality of it finally got through 
to my slow thought, like, this is done. It's over. God has left the building in that sense. He is down yonder somewhere, and we're still up here. And he just finally said, forget it. You can keep my robe and hang out with the robe, but I'm out of here. I'm moving on. And I remember walking home, walking, and I was dis- disappointed and discouraged. But I was like, well, the best thing ever happened to me is over with. You know, that's the way it felt. I'm like, the best is done. The best of my life is over. You know what I'm saying? If you've ever been in a move of God when it, and it's over, that's the way you feel. You feel lost. You feel disappointed. You can take any person who's ever been in a move of God who's really dove into it and embraced it. That's the way they feel. They, don't, they, don't feel, they feel like, I don't know what to do anymore. I told you about when me and Becky first got saved. We got saved in a move of God. It went on for a few years. Then it got over with. And we were in church when they were like, this is what church is like without the move of God? It's the first time we ever experienced it. We were like, we didn't sign up for this. We don't want to do this. We want a church where God's doing something. Well, anyways, that night, I was really having a hard time. I was outside. I'll never forget, standing in the middle of my driveway, about halfway away from the house. Just really just bummed, man. I was just bummed. Bad bummed. And just feeling just lost and... Wondering what I had done wrong. You know, you get, all this stuff goes through your mind. Like, what did I do to mess up what the Lord was doing? And, you know, feeling like an idiot and, you know, just a numerous other emotions. And I felt, I heard this. I heard this. Look up. Look up. And I looked up, and it was one of those nights when the, the sky was, was blazing with stars. It, it, was, it was beautiful. And I had realized that it had been three or four years that I had not really stopped in my life and stopped and looked at the, at the skies. Because I'd been so ate up with everything we were doing and other stuff you get ate up with. And I saw, I saw the, what that scripture said there. I saw... I saw the glory of the Lord. I saw revelation being released. And it was like the Lord was saying to me, Hank, I'm not going nowhere. I'm sti- my glory's still here. It's just in a different way now. Find me in what I'm doing, not what I did. That's what he said. Find me in what I'm doing. And there's, there's a door for you right there. It's right there in front of you. It's, it's been there the whole time. That really spoke to me. That really gave me some relief. But I will tell you the truth. It still took me a while to get over, get over what, what wasn't. Ooh, that was a really good verse. Thank you, Lord, for that. Well, the question about blaming God for doing things that people and demons do. Back to that. Are y'all okay? So, and we all know what we're talking about. Even insurance companies, right? They have a, a, this thing, this clause, acts of God. They're bad. Th- you know, they're always bad, like, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes and terrible things. That's an act of God. They have blamed God. Insurance companies have blamed. They didn't have nobody else to blame. They're not going to take the blame. It's God who did it, so we ain't paying because God did it. Can you, I mean, they're smart. Like, God did that, we're not paying. Sorry. Now, some person came and threw rocks at your building and, you know, but God did it. Uh-uh, no, we're not paying it. Well, God take, takes the blame. We all know about that. And I'm not talking about just a, just a bad day, right? Many of us have bad days when we might say some things about the Lord or even to the Lord that might not necessarily be true. God's gracious and likes for us to be truthful with Him. I would encourage you not to have a bad attitude when you're telling Him, how you feel, you know, <laughs> just from personal experience. <laughs> it doesn't really go over well. Well, every parent in this room knows what it feels like when your child dishonors you. Okay, you have a mixture, you're angry, okay, you're hurt, you're disappointed. You have all those feelings rushing at you, but when you get, get rid of your feelings, you realize the, the one of the worst things you realize, this is not good for my child to do this. Because they need to learn how to honor those who, who are over them they, because they're going to have authorities in their life 
that if they dishonor, it's going to bring a lot of pain on them. It's going to bring a lot of difficulty on them. So, so that's sort of the way this thing works is when we, when we dishonor the Lord, God can take it all day, but God, it hurts us. And God hurts for us. God's a jealous God for us, for our affection, because He knows if we give our affection to something else, it's going to be very destructive to us. Amen. That's what Oprah really didn't get. She didn't really get God was saying, Oprah, I love you so much, and I want the best for you. And you, and that's why I'm jealous for your affections. So she didn't get it. You can't get that with your mind. So, you know, it says, although they knew God, they did not, this is verse 21, I read it, but they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I think it's important to point out here, although they knew God, this is not talking about a bunch of heathens. This word know is a relational knowing in the, in the original Greek language. It's not talking about people who, oh, we knew about God. No, it's talking about people who had some level of relationship with God. That's what that means right there. They had some, we don't know what level. Some could be very close to the Lord. Some could just be kind of, you know, di, you know, wandering in and out. But they knew God. They had something going with God. And it says that they knew Him. Even though they knew Him, they didn't glorify Him as God. That place that He requires, they didn't glorify Him. Nor were they thankful. But they became futile. So when we begin to dishonor God, it is like God's hand that that's on every person. Are y'all okay? God's hand that's on every person that restrains things in our life. Did you know that? Did you know that you could be a bad sinner? I mean, a really bad sinner pretty quick. And the thing that's keeping you from being that is a restraining hand of the Spirit of God on you. What if God, the Holy Spirit, removed Himself from a group, of, it would be bad in, you know, in a few minutes, you know, people would be shooting each other and raping each other and all these terrible things. And so it, it says this, this thinking's futile and, you know, um, it, because it leads to a darkened heart. Your heart gets dark. And when your heart gets dark, you can't perceive anything that's going on spiritually. You're cut off from the life of God. You're not connecting with God. So, you see, that's why, you know, the church, historical church, has been really good about asking people to be thankful. This could be a great Thanksgiving message. See, I'm a little early. It, to create an attitude of gratitude, to, be, to honor the Lord, to thank the Lord, because the Lord's worthy, plus it's good for us. It helps our heart. It protects our heart. It keeps our heart from going down these roads and getting involved in things that we shouldn't get involved with. Are y'all following this? It's really powerful. This is what these people in heaven were telling me. You know, and let me just really point out this because this is something I always thought about years ago about singing a song called Be Magnified. Be Magnified, O Lord. I'm thinking, heck, we can't magnify God. God is God. He's already big. We can't make God bigger or little. We can't make God more honorable. We can't make God more majestic. Right? Because God is what He is. But when we don't honor Him for who He is, we become little people. It begins to work on us. And if you follow these scriptures all the way to the end, listen to what it says. Uh, Verse 22, Professing to be wise, they became fools. They became fools. Professing to be wise. Why did they become fools? Because they didn't honor the Lord. They didn't give God that glory that only God deserves. And they, they thought they were wise. They thought they were clever. They thought they were cool. But really what the Bible says, what the Holy Spirit says, no, you've become a fool. You've become a fool. He who does not honor God, who takes glory from God, that's what's going to happen to him. You see what I'm saying? That's what they said. If you don't give God the honor that's due Him, then the honor that God wants for you to have, you're not going to have it. In fact, you're going to get darkened, and then you're going to create things in your life. I think a lot of times, I want to say this, Lord help me. 
a lot of times we're trying to fix things in our life. Things out here. Maybe things we're doing. Maybe things we're saying. Maybe things we're looking at. When really the truth is you're, you're, you're going about it backwards. Something needs to be fixed inside of you. Okay? That's, that's how you fix it. You're just managing it out here. Let me manage my lust. Let me manage my anchor. Well, that's probably okay to do that. But the truth is, if you don't get something in here, you'll spend your life trying to manage something that you can't manage. And sooner or later, I'll tell you this. It's, it's like a friend of mine said one time. It's like having a baby tiger for a pet. Oh, it's so cute. Don't you see these baby tigers that you would love to go touch them? And pet, I'm talking about little ones. They look so sweet and precious. Except when they grow up, they could swallow you whole. You know? And that's what happens with a lot of stuff we're trying to manage. It'll grow up one day without us realizing it and swallow us whole. And that's, that's what, the way this deal works. It says, They professed themselves to be wise. They began to change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed creeping things. Of course, that's what they did in those days. They're probably starting to do that stuff again. And it says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts. God removed His restraining hand from them. And said, okay, if that's what you want, if that's what you choose, then you go that route. And we see it in Hollywood, right? We see even in the headlines, this guy who was a very powerful man and all the women he abused. And it's going to be a rough day when all the guys start. And really the reason the men are not saying it in Hollywood, because they're too embarrassed to. Because men don't want to talk about that. Men who've been raped, men who've been abused, they're not going to stand up like the women have. But I promise you, there's a whole herd of men out there that have been done that. And this scripture fits it. This scripture fits these kind of things that we're, we're seeing here. Why? Because they chose not to honor God as God. It's as simple as that. Just as simple as that. And God removed His restraining hand from their life. And I'm saying, Lord, please don't remove your restraining hand from my life. Because I'm no different than that guy who did all that stuff. Or any other person who did bad things. It's only your grace. It's only your restraining hand that has kept me. And I understand that Lord. I understand it really good. And I think everybody in this room. If you got truthful with yourself. You would understand it. You would understand that it is only the Lord who's kept you. And he's going to continue to keep you. If we give him honor. And this is not an earning thing. It's just the order of creation. The order of what God has. And that's why we want our children to honor us and, and, and teach them that. Because if they can learn it at home, honor, respectability, they can live a life out there in the world of honor and respectability of, of the other people. Okay, let me see this. Let me finish reading this. God gave them up to uncleanness and lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies amongst themselves. I mean, that's pretty clear, right? Who exchanged the truth of, of God for the lie. And I would love to talk to you some more about that lie, but I can't do it today. But I got that thing. I mean, I'm, I'm understanding that lie because I have lived that lie. I've lived that lie. You've lived that lie. Everybody in this room, we were born into that lie. And there's a lie that's at work in the earth that started back there in the garden. A lie that was told. And I promise you can go back to everything wrong in your life to that one lie that was told. But that's another story, right? And they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this right reason, God gave them over to vile passions. I don't want to read all that. He just gave them over to them. But they dishonored their bodies. Colossians 1.27. Are you all okay? Mercy, Lord. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. None whatsoever. God knows our state. That's why His restraining hand's in us. And that's why He asks us, to do things like be thankful and honor Him. Because it, it really creates this atmosphere in our heart where God can help us and, and, and cause that life of Christ that's in us. That's what it says, and I love this. To them, this is Colossians 1.27, God willed, God willed us, God desire for every person to make known what are the riches, isn't that beautiful? What are the riches of the glory of this, this mystery among the Gentiles? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Christ in you. That's our hope of glory. Now here's what happens. Here's what this way this deal works. When we don't give God the glory that only God deserves, when we're not thankful, when we dishonor God, it hinders this glorious Christ in us, this hope in us, this hope to get through this journey, this hope to get through this pilgrimage on this earth and become everything and every, you know, all that God has destined for us to be. That's what it hinders. It hinders the flow of that glory in you. It hinders the God for bringing that glory in you. So we may not be people who go off into vile passions, abusing naughty people, and doing, but we can be people where the glory of God, the beautiful Christ in us, the treasure of hope. And when you don't have hope, guess what else you don't have? You don't have faith. Because you can't have faith if, the, if hope's not flowing, Right? That's part of faith is hope. Are y'all okay? If your faith is not flowing, your spiritual life is going nowhere. It's going to be shut down. It's going to be shut down. This thing about the glory of God is, is very vital for us as believers. Very vital that we give Him glory. And I believe as the church begins to honor God and give God the glory that only He deserves, He'll pour His glory all over us. What, they, somebody said it. We were singing about God or talking about the fire and, what, or, and God throws the fire on us. Because God's a Father and He wants to share everything with us. All He's really asking us to do is live in the order of created family. The, how He created family to be. That's why family is important. I did want to read this verse out of, the, out of the Passion Translation. Hey, how many people like the Passion Translation? Raise your hand. They now have the Passion Translation in a hard, it's, it's a you know, regular Bible versus Kindle or whatever the heck you use. All right. The problem is, and it's, got the, new, it's the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, right? It's amazing. Uh, the problem is you can't do like this. This is the thing I like about the candle. You can go, you know what I'm saying? In other words, the, the letters, you can make them bigger. So I got this Bible. I bought it, and I was like, daggone, it's too little. It's, it's, I think it looks like, like 11 font or something. And I was like, that's little, man. But it is cool to have it. If, you know, it's a cool translation because what they try to do is capture the passion, the fire, speaking of fire, of the people who wrote these, these verses, the fire of them. And it says it in a beautiful way. I love how they say it, say uh, Colossians 1.27 from the passion. It says, living within you is Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Living in every one of you is Christ himself who floods you with the expectation of glory. He floods you. It should be our expectation. It should be our hope that we're going to experience the glory of the Lord no matter how he wants to bring it. Just tell us how you want to bring it, Lord. You want to bring it to us through the sky? Amen. If you want to bring it to us through revival, amen. We just want to, we want to have that expectation. We don't want to be people who are not living you know, for everything else. We want to live for that. It's beautiful. This mystery of Christ, I love this word, embedded within us. Embedded within, embedded within you is Christ, this expectation. It's embedded as a part of who we are. Becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. A heavenly treasure chest of hope within you. Filled with the riches of glory for his people. Riches of glory for his people. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God wants everybody to experience that glory of being sons and daughters, being in his presence, being loved, being cared for, all that. God, there's this, and so when we, when we dishonor the Lord, that very thing that God wants for everybody is stopped up in us. It's stopped up in us for ourselves. And so what do we do? We do opposite. We get dark and we start releasing dark things and start doing dark things. That's what happens. I think that's pretty straightforward. Thank you, Arthur Burke, for telling me all this stuff when I was a young believer, but I didn't understand none of it. (laughs) And God wants everyone to know it. God wants everybody to know it. Amen, isn't that beautiful? This is just a little piece here, really about the glory of the Lord and about giving honor to the Lord. I think it's a fix. I think it's a repair. I think it's a, 
a thing that can make a difference in people's lives. When we begin to see that, when we begin to be people who give honor to Him. Uh, we sung it this morning. We sung about, uh, you know, the natural thing in that one song, that old hymn we sang about the, about the, you know, the mountains or whatever it was saying. And then it talked about the, the spiritual part, the glory of Christ, this blood. You know, when we begin to honor it, see, when you pay attention to that stuff, you need to pay attention. God's talking when, when that stuff's happening. He's like reminding us. That's what I love about songs that, that have this, these truths in them. They tell us something. They remind us something. But, you know, I know people who've been really hurt in, in life and became upset with the Lord. I've been one of them. I think we all have. And, but I've known some that stayed down, kept going down that road. They kept going down the road of being upset with the Lord. And they weren't, it wasn't a moment, I wasn't a moment of hurt, it wasn't a moment of just a, of a bad moment, a bad day, sorry, you're distressed, you're venting, you're angry, you've you got to get this out of you some way. And you're too scared to do it around anybody else because you think they would call the police or have you committed. <laughs> That's what Becky thinks about me sometimes. I need to put you in jail, boy, if you talk like You're a danger to yourself. I don't, I'm, not, I'm saying that when we keep going down that road in our lives and we build a life where we're rejecting the honor to the Lord. We're rejecting God. We're rejecting His honor. We're rejecting being thankful to Him. We're forgetting and we're not seeing what He's doing for us. We're angry with Him. We've decided to live that way. I even know some people who have absolutely forsaken the Lord. They've forsaken the Lord because they're angry, because they're hurt. And you see, if we, and, and I know this, I know people who grew up like, like the Brad Pitt thing. I just believe God's got a big hand. And he can bring Brad Pitt and Oprah Winfrey. I think he can bring those people back in this camp. They're not disqualified people. So that's really important. When somebody that you've had a relationship with, somebody that you've loved, somebody that you've cared about, when they go down this road and you realize they're not, they're not coming back right now. They're, it's not just a bad moment or a bad month. They have decided something in their heart. And they're rejecting the Lord. They're rejecting everything about the Lord. And they are adopting these worldly, carnal, professing to be wise theologies and political stuff. You know, all that stuff. There's hope for them. There's hope for them. We can't reject them. Because the Lord doesn't reject them. But we do have to understand this. At the same time, the longer they go down that road, it creates problems for them. And the further they go, God releases. God's hand goes, take, comes off in people. That's why we need to pray for those people. Lord, Lord, don't take your hand off of them. They're making some stupid things or saying some stupid things, but keep your hand on them, Lord. Prayer makes a difference in that. So, anyways, that's sort of what I'm going to finish on. I'm going to wait a minute here because I do feel um, the biggest turn that you and I can make today uh, individually and as a church is that we make some decisions in our heart about honoring the Lord. And being thankful. And that we there's things in our life that maybe is not are not honoring. Probably one of the biggest things is religion. That's probably one of the biggest things. That's dis- very dishonoring to the Lord. Because religion says this, I'm going to earn it. And God says, no, you're not. You can't earn anything. I've already given it. And we're exalting ourselves above what God has done. That's what religion does. And God wants to free people of that. I, know, I, I tell you something, that's a big thing right now, I feel, is freeing us from religion. Freeing us with thoughts that are not the truth about the Lord. And getting into the real liberty in Christ. 
and allowing God to be who he really is and giving him that place of honor as a father. And that he deserves that honor. He deserves to be thanked. He deserves to be worshipped. And when we do that, we can know that God is doing something for us because he's generous and he's loving. Amen? So, Lord, we just ask you this morning. We just ask you this morning. We ask you to help us. Just help us. Here's what you can't here's what we need to do. Anything that we've put above the Lord today, even if it's something really cool and good, it needs to be brought down. Anything in your heart. What that guy said, that guy, the American gospel, he's a Baptist preacher's son. You know what happened to him? He, his daddy killed himself. His daddy, who was the Baptist preacher, killed himself. Ruined that boy. Ruined that boy. Marked his life. And now he rejects the Jesus. Because how could anybody, how could a real father say, love me more than you love your own children? That, you see where that's coming from? It's coming from a great wound and a great hurt and a great disappointment in the Lord. There's people in this room that's got thoughts like that. I was looking at uh, Seb and Josiah over there this morning in worship. And I was thinking, both them boys have lost their natural daddy, tragically, both of them. But I felt like the Lord was saying, those boys are going to be amazing leaders one day. They're going to have a lot of favor on them. People are going to be attracted to them, and God's going to open up many doors for them. And it's because, it's because this anger this hurt, this disappointment with the Lord was not allowed to take a place in their hearts. My son-in-law, Michael Fulton, how old was he, 12? He was 11 years old. His daddy was taken tragically from him. And that guy's an amazing guy now. He really, it's, it's amazing. Everywhere he goes, he's got this favor on him from the Lord. He, he didn't even grow up in church he, he was a young life guy, sort of, you know, real low-key, Holy Ghost kind of stuff. He goes to a Holy Ghost church and, like, hey, we want you to be on our board. Why? Because they saw something in him. And see, that's what God wants to do for people. And I'm telling you, with these children, these kids who've gone through stuff, we think we've gone through it. They've walked through this stuff with us. And what we have to do is create this atmosphere where we're not allowing this hurt and this pain and this disappointment in our life to, to, to fester in our hearts and we create this whole theology in our life that's wrong. Does that make sense? And so I really want to encourage the parents in this room and the grandparents in this room about the theology that you're creating for your children and your, and your grandchildren. If your theology is coming, in, if it's coming out of hurt, if it's coming out of wound, if it's coming out of disappointment or discouragement, then it's going to hurt them also. Are y'all with me? This is important. You know, God's glory is important. His glory is important. It's important that we treat it with respect and we treat it with honor. And when we do that, it's going to create something in our children. I think that's really the answer for our world. And I think it starts with the, with the Christians. Is that today, we need to repent. Some of you need to repent because you've carried this thing against the Lord in your heart. And today's a chance to really let go of that. Really just let go of it. And just give it to the Lord and ask Him to take it and take care of it for you. And just say to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to bow to you and I'm going to honor you because you're the Lord. And I'm really thankful, Lord, that you saved me and brought me into the kingdom. So I just really want to take a moment and give anybody in this room a chance.
to say that to the Lord. Anybody in this room that you're carrying something towards the Lord that's not right, that's unrighteous, that's unhealthy, to get rid of it today. If you really want to carry the fire home, you you take that and you'll carry the fire. So let's just wait a moment here. It could be a fear that you're carrying around. You know, that was another thing Arthur Burke told us. All fear is built building a lie. Remove the lie, the fear will die. Someone asked me recently, what's the antidote to low self-esteem? I had to think about it a little bit. And I said, you got to find out what's the lie. What's the lie you're believing about yourself, about the Lord, about other people? What's the lie? Find out what that lie is. You get that lie, it'll take care of your, your self-image. The Holy Spirit will show you the lie this morning that you're believing about God. Ask Him. Holy Spirit, show me the lie I'm believing about God. Let me have a dream about it. So I wanted to give anybody an opportunity who feels this morning they want, you want to get rid of something, an attitude or a heart towards the Lord, if you'd like to just come forward for prayer. And I think this is important. We take the moment to do this for people. for you to come up here you you can do it sitting right there but I also think sometimes it's good to just take a step it takes humility to do that it takes a lot of humility there's a lot of grace given to humble people I just think God really wants to set some people free I'm talking about deep inside He just wants to get some things out of there from your past from your hurts, from your wounds, for your disappointments. He wants to get that, that, all of that and everything that you've built around that towards the Lord. He just wants to get it out. It's just a time to let the Lord do this. You don't have to carry it with you no more. the question from the, the American Gospel book when you think about that from a natural perspective what kind of God would want us to love him? I love my grandchildren to death man I mean I love them beyond my I had never dreamed I could love these little people so much and it'd be easy to naturally think why would God want me to love him more than them because the greatest thing that I could ever do for my grandchildren is love God more than them love I love Becky. She's been the, the, the romance, the beauty of my life. The second best thing ever happened to me. God was the first. But the best thing I can ever do is love God more than I do Becky. When I do that, God can help me love her. So I believe the Lord's doing something this morning. I'm just wanting to take the moment and give you a chance to respond to the Lord, to respond to the Holy Spirit. I think I told you one time about Becky and I when we heard Heidi Baker. I told y'all about that. The first time I ever heard Heidi Baker preach was about 10 years ago. She preached what she called her life message. She talked about how she got involved with ministering to Native Americans. And when she got through her message, she did an altar call. And, and I was thinking, you know, there is not anything I'm feeling right now from the Lord except for this one thing. And this one thing is this. I would be a fool not to respond to that message because God was doing something in that moment. I would be a fool to sit there. So I said, Becky, 
let's respond to the Lord. I don't know what we're responding to, but we're responding to Jesus. And I believe the Lord gave us something that day. I believe He imparted something into our hearts that day. And so I'm just offering you this opportunity. You know, me, I don't usually do this. I usually like to just get up and leave. But right now, I think this is more important. We're asking the Lord to undo some stuff that we've done. We're asking Him to undo some of our theology that needs to be undone. We're asking God to undo how we relate to Him in some wrong ways. We're asking Him to undo some of the words we've spoken that have been hurtful and that have created an atmosphere that's dishonoring to the Lord. That's what we're asking Him to do. We're asking Him to do what only He can do. We're acknowledging we're guilty. We've done these things. We've felt these things. We've said these things. We've, we've acted in these ways. But today, Lord, we're coming before the throne of grace. And we're looking for some mercy, Lord, for you to undo some things that we've created. We've created trouble, Lord, in our lives. Today, we're asking you to help us undo those things. We're asking you to undo them in our hearts, first and foremost, so they can manifest up through us in our lives. We ask you to do that this morning, Lord. Lord, we're asking you to change us on the inside. Change our thinking. Change our thoughts. Where we thought we knew better, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. When we accused you of things, Lord, that we really didn't have no clue what we were talking about, we ask you to forgive us, Lord. We ask you to cleanse us today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus is sufficient for everything, Lord. Lord, that we trust in the blood and we trust in the Holy Ghost to do the work that only God can do in us, Lord. We're asking you to release that now in Jesus' name. Just release it. Release your people, Lord, from burdens and for yokes that are, they're carrying and they're walking in, Lord, that are not from heaven. Just do that right now, Lord. Just do it right now. Lord, we're sorry that we've created theologies based on our bad experiences. We're sorry today. Lord, we want a new theology. And that's the theology of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're asking you to help us become people who who give great honor to God. The King of glory. That you would truly be the King of glory in our hearts, Lord, today. Because you are what we allow you to be, Lord. Lord, we're asking you to help us overcome ourself. We're the worst enemy, Lord, our own self. You know that scripture, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I hear that over people. Or the enemy is trying to bring things against you, bring accusation against you, bring words against you. I hear the Lord saying, no, no weapons shall prosper in your life. The Lord's freeing you right now. He's freeing you. Now just give the Lord, give the Lord all those stuff. Just give it to Him. Give it to Him and ask the Lord, Lord, come, come into my, come into my thinking Come into my thinking in a different way. Come into my emotions. Detox me, Lord. Detox me. Get that poison out of my heart. Get the poison out of my thinking, Lord. Get it out. Detox me, Lord. Bring the antidote of hope into my life today, Lord. That would free me in Jesus' name. We could just have some people from the ministry team to come over here and lay hands on people as they're praying and stand with them. If y'all would just come out here and just put your hands on people. You don't have to ask them. You just pray, pray with them. Pray for deliverance. And I also feel like this is another thing I feel like God wants to do is people, there's people in this room who have emotional issues, like emotional breakdown in your life. And I just believe the Lord wants to heal emotions this morning. So if you're suffering from rough emotions, bad emotions, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to heal your emotions right now and set you free. And set you free from emotions that are run rampant and that are controlling you. 
Lord, we just ask you for the healing of emotions, healing of our minds. Just release that right now, Lord. Mm. You know that Psalm 24 says, The Lord of hosts is the King of glory. The Lord of armies. The Lord of armies. He's mighty. Just release this, Lord. Release this. Release healing this morning, Lord. Release your people. God's raising up a mighty army. You're, it's of a bunch of people who've been wounded and hurt and disappointed and discouraged and knocked out. But another Arthur Burke saying was this. You come in on the knockout punch. You don't go out. The knockout punch is what actually brings you in. You can be brought into something new and fresh today with things that, where you feel like you were just knocked out, pushed out. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to hover over here. Let's take a couple more moments and let the Holy Spirit work. Let the Holy Spirit do what only He can do. It's a new day, a new day of healing, a new day of redemption. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Jesus. We just break that power of that lie over people's minds today. That lie that people believe about you, that lie that people believe about themselves, and that lie that people believe about everything else that's going on in their life. Lord, we curse that lie today. We break the power of the lie and call for for the spirit of truth to come and begin to reveal the lies that we're believing today. Spirit of truth, come right now into our hearts and minds and reveal. Reveal the spirit of truth. Reveal the spirit of Christ. Reveal the mighty God to us today. Lord, we just reject the lies that we're believing today. Everywhere you have fear, reject the lies. I reject that lie. I have no more. No more of that. Whatever that lie may be, I reject it. And I ask for truth to come. Truth fill that place in my life. Keep praying for these people. Please keep praying. If you need prayer for anything else, also come on up. If you need to be prayer for healing or somebody in your family needs prayer for healing, come on up and we'll have some ministry team folks maybe right here in the front that are available to pray for you also. I think we're going to stay here for a little bit in this place. So you can feel free to stick around and keep praying or stay in worship. Um, but if you need to go, that's okay too. You can be released. We love y'all. We're glad you're here. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the fall festival this afternoon. Invite your friends and family. Go with God and have an awesome week. Or stick around a little bit longer. Your call. Thanks, y'all.